Hi, before we get started with the episode, we just wanted to point you in the direction of the social accounts we've set up for the show to help you guys engage with us and communicate and get involved with our show. You can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. Emailing us will really be the best way to talk to us directly and conversate with us on air during the show. Also, be sure to like You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on Facebook. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter at You Can't Disappod. That's Disappod like Disappoint. So there's one S and two P's. Well, thanks for tuning in and let's kick off the episode. Here we go. <laughs> modern dance since last semester coach told me it would help with my coordination and i fell in love with it in a very straight way i know it's tempting to sneak a peek but i'm gonna need for you to keep your eyes up here this isn't your grandma's podcast but if our grandmas are listening we love you but hi grandma but hi, Graham. Are we doing this? Is this real? Are we? Yeah. Hello and we welcome. Begun? Hi, everyone. It's episode fourteen. That's crazy. I'm 14. starting to lose That's track of the weeks. It's crazy. Fourteen weeks of this shit. Yeah. Four- <laughs> hi, everyone. You know how long does it take to make or break a habit? Because I sure am in a habit of hating this. <laughs> hi, everyone. Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. I'm glad you've chosen to listen to us this fine yeah. day that you are this choosing. Show- the show that, this, that doesn't disappoint anyone except us. Yeah, welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. I am your host, <laughs> Zach. Let's find out. What do they know? Do they know things? I'm Steven. And welcome. I'd just like to start this off by saying, are you sure you don't have anything better you could be doing with your time right now? <laughs> there and, are an infinite amount of things I could be doing that are better with my time right now, but... You know. I was speaking more to the listeners. I know you don't have anything. Oh. <laughs> and, of course, second to that, I've got to give a shout-out to the great people over at Communities. Thank you for doing everything you do. Follow them on Twitter. Thank you for coming on their recommendation. You know the drill. They're cool. The They're thebomb.com. Steven, how's your week been? It's earlier in the day this time. I feel awake and I have energy. It is. Yeah, I'm, I'm very awake. I have the hiccups, so that'll be fun. Um... <laughs> I'm fighting a, a very violent battle with them, and I'm, I don't know if I'm winning. But I've had a pretty good week so far. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, if for mm. my weekly anime report, um, <laughs> oh my God. I uh, finished Mob Psycho 100, the second season of it. Top notch. Top tier. If you like shows that are good, go check it out. I don't Short know. I'm, on that one. I'm not so big on shows that are good. Ah. Well, in that case, do I have a show for you? I've never heard of a little something called the the Big Bang Theory. You mean the number one comedy of all time? All time. Joel McHale. Yeah, it's. I hear it's Joel's favorite show. It fucking sucks. What was I gonna say? Oh, Lily and I have been rewatching a show before we watch its most recent season that I'm pretty positive you haven't seen, and you should Ooh. consider watching it if you haven't. To everyone, it's called Search Party. Oh. It stars the phenomenal Aaliyah Shockett of Arrested Development fame. Oh, and yeah. it's both like a comedy that's kind of like a Nancy Drew whodunit type show about a missing um, acquaintance, kind of. But oh. underneath that, it's a huge mockery and satire and parody of like 
millennial culture and like Instagram social media culture. And it's really funny and it's really good and there are a bunch of twists and it's really addicting. Ooh, so I'm go to check, check it out. out. Yeah, I think I believe you can watch it on HBO out. Max at this point. Oh, is where it is. So there there's a couple things on HBO Max that really make me want to get it. Also, um, HBO Max just acquired a couple of Comedy Central shows that are going to be now HBO Max shows instead of Comedy Central shows. And one of them is another super underrated show that's called The Other Two. That's heard about of that. these three siblings, and the youngest of the three like rises to internet viral Justin Bieber level fame. And it's like about his two older siblings that are just like kind of awkwardly trying to find their place in life amongst oh, their younger brother being like a superstar. And oh, what's her name? Um, Molly Shannon plays their mother and is very good. Nice. In it. Superstar. Go watch good shows. <laughs> That's what you could do with your time. Just turn this off, yeah. this nonsense off, and go watch one of Steven's recommended animes or go give your money to HBO Max. Yeah, only that. Oh, speaking of, yeah. have you heard about what they're doing with Mulan? Mulan? Yeah, it's going to be on Disney Plus, but you have to pay like 20 bucks to watch it at first. Yeah, so, so I was reading more about it. It's expensive than a movie ticket. It's going to be $30. Oh my um, god, are you sure? Last time I am it was like 20, 20.99 or something like that. When I looked today at an article from the AV Club, it said 30. Jesus. And with that $30, here's what you re- receive. Excuse me. Here's what you receive. You get unlimited access to watching that movie, Mulan, right? Which is great. You know, you get the movie until you stop being a Disney Plus subscriber. So it's not even like a digital copy that you get to keep. Nope. And digital copies are usually much cheaper than $30. Physical copies, like I could get a Blu-ray DVD combo for like, it's what, $20? That sounds about right. Maybe maybe closer to 30 but then you own it forever. And, forever. and you have a digital copy. That's mm. stupid. Yeah, that's I nonsense. Get that we're in unprecedented times and people are having to change up their release strategy and Disney's a big company that was planning on making big money off of that movie. Mm-hmm. But nobody was paying 30 bucks a ticket. No. And... Maybe the idea is that, like, a whole family is going to watch it, so it's, like, six tickets per rental or something like that. But they're already subscribed to Disney+. Plus. Make them pay, like, the eight bucks that all the other release-on-demand movies are doing. Like, what? I was going to say, I would have paid $10 to watch it. Absolutely. Like, even, like, the $20 I had heard initially was pushing it, but upwards of, like, $15, I would say, is close to fair. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. We are here to discuss the 14th episode of the first season of Community, Interpretive Dance, which was directed by Justin Lin of Fast and the Furious, directing Yeah, that's, that's why I know that name. He only directed episodes in season one, Introduction to Statistics, the great episode that we've covered previously, and Modern Warfare, the great episode which we're yet to cover. Yeah. It was written by Lauren Pomerantz, who only has one other writing credit. It was Home Economics earlier this season, and the episode originally aired January 21st, 2010, which was two days before my 13th birthday. Wow. I what was, was your 12. 13th birthday like? Um, I don't know. <laughs> mm. Sad, probably. <laughs> what about you? Did you do something cool? I doubt it. All right, well, that was a downer. <laughs> so, Stephen, you are a professional dancer. I am quite literally a professional dancer. That is and my... have been for a couple years now, right? Has it been like yeah. two, three-ish it's been, years? It's been two years. Yeah, and this episode was about, like, 
a young African-American man who wants to be seen a certain way, who is in love with dancing, and I don't know, I just, I couldn't help but think of you the entire time, and I'm sure it was the same for you. Yeah, I also couldn't help but think of you the whole time, <laughs> and I, <laughs> but I no, it's... It, you... Endlessly, no matter no matter what I'm doing. Somewhere, but uh, we, uh, huh. I like in my heart. I really, yeah. I connected with this episode a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, it, like 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 you said, it was hard not to kind of relate a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought that it was it was cool. I mean, is this the best episode we've seen in the last three weeks? No, no. But did I enjoy it thoroughly? Pretty much, yeah. I agree with you. I wouldn't say it's one of the best we've watched, and especially we've been on a super upward tick lately. But I wouldn't quite say that this episode's a step back. No, it's just I think a it's solid not... episode, like put in between some really solid episodes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, do you have any off the top of your head? If you had to say something that would be like your favorite moment of the episode, when you think of this episode in the future, not having seen it in months, mm-hmm. what's the thing that's going to come to your mind? Um, either Troy when he's in his own class dancing, because when he, like, does the break breakaway clothes, yeah, it's pretty freaking hilarious. Um, or I think the <laughs> interpretive dance at the end for me. <laughs> yeah, I think what will come to mind first is Britta being stuck in a tap loop. Just, yeah. like, <laughs> dead inside <laughs> eyes. That'd be for me. Let's get into an email. You want to start with our, our trivia or the email tri- trivia? We first? do this every time. I know. We who, always mess it up. Who cares? Let's <laughs> who do cares? our trivia. I think I went first last time, so if you want to go first. Okay. I have three. Standard. Standard dander. I have three as well. Standard dander. All right. Um, now, this one is not... Okay. I'll just read the question. Okay. <laughs> okay. What does Pierce's Twitter bio say? And by that, I mean... What did Jeff say that Pierce's Twitter said? But by that, I took it to mm, mean it said Twitter he was bio. forty something years old. I'm gonna say forty seven. Mm-hmm. And it said that he runs like a nude Pilates women's group. It didn't is say nude, close? but it is a, a very very close. It said that he teaches a women's only Pilates class. I just assumed it would be nude. I suppose it probably is when you get there. Well, it, it's not real. <laughs> so in his Twitter bio, mine it probably is nude. Okay. Uh, what are the three characters Jeff comes up with when requesting privacy from the group? Oh. If you filled in a little bit more, this yeah. is towards the beginning of the episode, okay. uh, right after Britta calls him out and they realize he's been sleeping with the same woman multiple times. Mm. And he's like, can't I just be the guy in the group who's... And then he listed three like character names. I feel <sighs> like I've stumped you. Oh, I think you have. I remember that... I remember the scene. No, you don't. I do. He's sitting right there. At Steven the table. hasn't watched any of these episodes. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> when a do you think they're going to realize it? Yeah. that I really haven't watched yeah. them? <laughs> Steven's uh, just in my. He's just a figment of my imagination. He's not really here. I ever seen Fight Club? That's essentially essentially this podcast <laughs> for a number of reasons. Um, you heard it here, folks. Our podcast on par with the classic film Fight Club. Tell I'm going to take the L on this one. What What is it? Okay. Says? The three characters are Privacy Smurf, <laughs> Discreet, <laughs> discreet conf- Bear. Confidentiality. Um... That was the right word. I feel like uh, you can knock this out. Think think 90s glamour uh, musician group had a film 
All I can think of is Jim in no, the holograms. It was confidentiality Spice. Spice, damn it, that's what it was. That, that was that was you good. You thought of Jim and the Holograms before you thought of the Spice Girls. Yes, and that should tell you how highly I think of Jim and the Holograms. Okay, well, uh, throw me another one. All right, number dose. Name three of the four questions mentioned on the teacher-student relationship form. Uh, okay. Well, can how long have you been doing it? Count twice. Yes. Uh, also, <laughs> are you inclined to bring in a third? <laughs> And I'm I'm stretching to see if I can come up with another one. Um, nope. I just got it's the only really one. serious one that that they kind of ask on. That's there. probably why it didn't stick. What was the mm-hmm. other one? Would you consider yourself boyfriend and girlfriend? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, of course. But As, nicely done, though. Oh, I was gonna go right into mine. I don't need your I don't need your pity compliment. As revealed in the group yelling over one another, what oh, is no. Shirley's cheese of choice? Oh. <sighs> It's right uh, after Abed discovers that says Slater's willing to make macaroni. Yeah, because he says the mom, um, and she says it like th- three or four times while they're all yelling over each other. <laughs> Is it Gouda? Oh my God! I might have you. What if I have you three for three this time? Um, no, it's Pepper Jack. She says <gasps> we can put some Pepper Jack in there and then bake it and make some, put some more Pepper Jack in there. Oh my gosh, yeah, Pepper Jack. Okay, so clearly I didn't count. watch the episode at all. No, I didn't get it right at all. <laughs> all right, and here's here's your third one. Okay. What were Jeff and Slater's rankings, respectively, on the student and faculty hotness scale? Mm, I had a good week this week because I got your first one right. I got the second one 75% right, and mm-hmm. Jeff is shockingly number two. Mm-hmm. And Slater is perhaps even more shockingly number seven. Yeah, there are six hotter professors there. Maybe that just shows. Well, it doesn't necessarily. Oh, I guess they're seventh on their respective lists. I suppose. I th- um, that's what I couldn't tell. Is Slater whether she was seventh overall? So who's number one? Uh, they mentioned it on the audio commentary. They asked Dan, who was several beers deep. He made very clear. <laughs> Dan wouldn't really give an answer, and he pretty much implied that it was someone like it from the past. Mm. Not someone who currently attends the school, which seems like a bit of a cop out. I think so. my last so question too. for you. Let's see if you can get anything right today. <laughs> I doubt what it. and you might. What are Jeff's two examples of things that he likens to truth? <laughs> it's in his relationship conversation with Slater at, at the, the end, end of the episode, and one of them should be fairly obvious because of how much they talk about it. And you still don't have it, do you? Mm-mm. Uh, so ketchup and Jim Belushi. Oh. Jim Belushi. Yeah. Wow. Steven struck I struck out this Wow. Well, let's wow. see if you can redeem yourself with some email questions. Let's hope. Well, we've got an email today. From... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to read it like Bob the Tomato and okay. Larry the Cucumber. <laughs> Is this show basically VeggieTales? No, it's not. It's well, not. hi, Bob. Time to brainwash the children. <laughs> Well, hi there, Larry. We have an email today from our friend Martin in Spokane. I don't know where you actually are, MJ. Sorry, bud. Um, but we have an email from Martin again. I and... can't believe we got an email from famed character actress Margot Martindale. <laughs> I, If we ever got an email from Margot Martindale, I would literally not talk to anyone that we knew ever again because we uh, were famous. Well, I have a pretty strong gut instinct that there's no danger of that happening so that's probably for the best i'll reach out to her 
All right, what's 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 Marvin got to say? <laughs> All right, well, our Martian friend here says, Hello, Zach and Steven. First off, I want to thank y'all so much for reading my email on the last podcast. That was such a trip to hear my name mentioned on air. Glad y'all enjoyed my questions, and I'm going to try and send more of them regularly in the many weeks to come. I, however, would like to disagree with you on your comment regarding Jack Black's character meshing well with Jeff. Ooh. Okay. I think Buddy was supposed to be a commentary on how guest stars in sitcoms often disrupt the natural rhythm of the show's cast. And I'm surprised you guys think he and Jeff played well together. His over-the-top style doesn't really mix well with the tone of the show, in my opinion. That's probably why I always skipped this episode on my rewatches. Wow! Hmm. It's still a funny episode, though, and I laughed a lot at your discussion on it. Okay, so I totally agree with what you say, Mm -hmm. and I don't... I didn't explicitly say this but i don't think what i said about it was trying to not say that i think that buddy totally is that and as much as it's a comment like we said about him being like a audience proxy i do think he's like you know how guest stars tend to be on shows how they tend to be annoying and throw off the rhythm as they basically say right to us uh i think but a lot of the humor comes from that i don't think it, he's yeah. an, i don't think the episode's annoying because of that i think the episode's funnier because they're calling out exactly what they're doing and i don't think it's that buddy and jeff play well together it's that joel and jack black played well together i agree i think for me it was definitely more of like a joel McHale, jack black thing also i want to say so i agree with third you. straight week that i don't hate jeff yeah i will go ahead and spoil that jeff is not my mvp this yeah week. me neither but but i thought I, about it at no fault to jeff yeah yeah, yeah. okay good, let's good get into jeff. these questions from all right here he says and now here are my questions for one of my favorite underrated S1 episodes. Excited to hear your thoughts on this one and talk to y'all soon. All right. Good grief. MJ's trivia round. What are the odds that these hiccups last the whole episode? Is it possible? I think if, yeah, I think so. Gold some water when I talk for a minute and a half at a time. I will. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Here's the trivia. Okay. Okay, the back door of the study room is locked after what time? Can I answer this one so I get a win? Yeah, I know it, but I know Five you need o'clock. redemption. Yes, it is. Woo! Christ Real almighty. proud of you, buddy. God. Oof. Good. Joy in Mudville for once. All right. Don't celebrate yet. Let's come on. <laughs> the Mudville 9 can still strike out. <laughs> Which one of Pierce's ex-wives is biracial? Was it his second or third? I th- third is what comes to mind, but my mm-hmm. mind first went... Was her name really Nunya Beeswax? Like, it was what what numerical wife was he? I do believe they said. I think he said, "Hey, my third wife's biracial." Oh, that's good. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know if I know this one. What did Professor okay. Slater say when Dean Pelton walked in on her and Jeff kissing in her office? I know Jeff says, "Oh, midterms." She says, "Chalk." <laughs> Chalk, that's what it was. Yeah. She says chalk. I, I was planning on commenting on that. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Slater isn't that bad in this episode. They do no, I thought a she lot of good funny. stuff with her character compared she to her She had a really funny appearance. joke about Britta, too, that we'll talk about later. Totally. Um, okay, here we go. What is the name of Troy and Britta's dance teacher? This one was Madame LeClaire, right? Madame like LeClaire is correct. And we'll get into it in the episode, but I have a couple fun facts about the Madame Ooh, I looked her up. She looked familiar to me, and I've seen stuff, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk. All right. <laughs> okay, and here's one that you had. What kind of cheese did Shirley tell Abed goes well with macaroni? Pepper Jack, which I don't disagree. 
That sounds yeah, good. That sounds really good. I think some I've like had sh- some, some like shells and cheese with pepper. Oh jack. yeah, yeah. There you I'd, go. I'd want some little like little chopped up little jalapenos mixed in there too. Mm, okay, okay. Or even like something like a like a queso blanco that kind of oh, has yeah. pieces of like pepper. Yeah. yeah, that that sounds nice. Yeah. Okay. What two dancers did Britta cite to refute the study group's point that dancing is consider- considered feminine? Fred Astaire and I don't remember the other one. Mikhail Brishnikov, who was Joel one of the McHale? first. Yeah. Yes, the one in the same. Joel Mikhail Brishnikov. I wonder if that's where he got his last dancer. name from. Hmm. That's exactly where he Should got it from. Should have asked him. It's his dad. It's like in Viking times where like your <laughs> last name was like your dad's first name. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, the next one, what was Britta trying to talk about with Shirley before Shirley interrupted her by talking about Jeff? It mm-hmm. was the uh, the it was shroud an overseas of conflict. Tehran. Okay, was it? Mm-hmm. She okay. said, "Do you think the shroud of Tehran, whatever?" And then Shirley jumps in, which is funny because that's the thing about Jesus, and that's how much Shirley loves gossip. Um, <laughs> number eight. Okay, um, rank the crossword clue questions that. Troy and Abed were answering in the end tag. Well, to rank them, I think we'll have to come up with them because he got yeah. the most of the study group. Pierce, it was like a synonym for like stabbing. poke or stab or something mm-hmm. like that. Annie's was Annie was a musical. musical. Uh, um, Water Troy that starts with B. Helen of Troy. And I think those um, are the ones they did. Oh, and then um, the Bridges brother. Was there letters. one more of the study group people? Did they do one? Just for... Britta. They didn't do one for Shirley or Abed. Or, okay, nope. so I think I'd have to go Helen of Troy because of Troy's reaction with, like, I don't even know that one. Mm-hmm. That's that's up there. Yeah. Um, Bow Bridges, I'll make it last because it's not a study group member. Yeah. Um, Britta Filter, what are, I, I'm not ranking these three. I'm just thinking I'm, they're still Britta Filter. <laughs> what were the other two? Jeff. Pierce. No, and... Pierce, Pierce's Stab. I'll put that second to last. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, what was the other Britta. one? Britta. And there was one more, though. Annie. Annie. Okay, so I'll go Troy, Britta, Annie, Pierce, Bo, Bridges. There I have the same order. All right, next. That's all. Break a leg, y'all. I said next. When I, Steven, when I say next. <laughs> can you... I riff? Can, can I, I riff? riff? Okay. Welcome to I, the show, everyone. If uh, anybody out there knows what Can I Riff is from, please tweet it at us, because I don't know that anyone gets our references, but if you do. Well, it's from the. One of the more recent seasons of a very popular show. Oh, so nobody's seen it is what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think it's what people (laughs) quote. We're the type of people who are like, guys, I know it hasn't been popular for 10 years, but I promise it's still really funny. (laughs) And it is. Yeah. It is. It is. I I enjoyed what I saw of the most recent season. I haven't finished it yet. Are you ready to dive in, my friend? I am. Excuse me. Gosh. All right, so the episode starts off with a really cool shot that I think is a Justin Lin thing of, like, overhead of the study table, and it's, like, spinning, which I thought was kind of cool, if maybe a tad unnecessary. Well, you could tell it was Justin Lin, because if you look really closely, you can see Vin Diesel Diesel under the table. (laughs) No, that's just still Jack Black from last week. (laughs) I have family. (laughs) Universal Studios, the Fast and the Furious ride was something else, like CGI Vin Diesel grabbing your passenger train and shaking around. I don't know. See, I have to ride that ride for that reason alone. It's the worst ride in the park. <laughs> it, it, it might be the worst ride in Orlando, Florida. But oh, no. You should still ride it. Of course. 
Okay, so they're talking about a big issue that Annie's concerned about, and it makes total sense that Annie would be the one who's, like, arranging this conversation about the back door being locked at a certain time. Yeah, the and library's guess, back door conundrum. Yeah, I guess they stop their, or they start their study group at 5, and they lock the doors around 5, mm-hmm. is what I'm getting. Uh, so she wants them to start at 4.30, which, uh, after Abed makes a comment about a Kate Winslet porno based off the way Annie words something, basically she suggests maybe we start at 4.30 so we can not make everyone have to walk all the way around, and immediately Troy and Britta have reasons why they can't do that, uh, mm-hmm. opening up the the big plot line of the show for them. One that doesn't exactly make sense because... It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> they talk as if they have this class at the same time, but as we see later, Brenda walks into the class as Troy leaves it. Yeah, also the whole recital doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but, you know. I anyway, it doesn't. It doesn't, but it's a <laughs> sitcom, and they did decent. Yeah, for for, for how it not being a show about this, that. This plot line is it. It Jeez, worked. buddy. <laughs> I am in war. I like Troy's. I have a regular class at that time. It's like math or other regular classes. Does Troy take any classes? I he, feel like that description was like when someone math. asked me how my classes were going my freshman year of college. I was like, oh yeah, you know, uh, yeah, my, the, the you know, I just playing in the music. <laughs> I have to tell our class story <laughs> that I love telling. So it's one of my Stephen and stories. I, I don't know, especially I don't know. I had a I had a history class that on the very first day the professor was like, I don't really care if you show up or not. I'm not that kind of professor. So I was like, oh, so I never have to go to this class mm-hmm. that I'm putting that I'm still thousands of dollars in debt for, and yeah. I only went for one year. Um, and so I was like, I'm not going to go. And I found out that Stephen was usually free during during that hour because we went to the same college for a year Mm -hmm. and he and I would hang out and one day we were both kind of like maybe we should actually go to our class that we're always skipping to hang out (laughs) so we walked together we're finishing our hangout session we're heading towards our class then we notice we're going to the same building no we're going to the same room (laughs) in the same building because we both we both had the same history class for like weeks or like a month or so it was and didn't know like it because neither of us weeks. ever went and hung out with each other instead here's what's great zach is oh. we went to that class so little that it was not a history class it was absolutely psych 101 oh that was the class we had together <laughs> it, we didn't actually go so it's not like oh, yeah, we ever right. learned I what think... the actual class was damn and i i feel like i was actually kind of interested in that class yeah we enjoyed it <laughs> we just didn't know what it we was just... Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's that's a funny story to think about. So they're going to stand by the back door, whoever's there earliest, and they're going to let everyone in when the door locks. And they nominate Pierce to do this because he hasn't shown up, which is the funniest joke of this cold open. Yeah. Um, nobody's heard from Pierce today. Abed's tried to call him a couple of times and not heard anything from him. Which is adorable. So, so they think Pierce is dead. <laughs> they think Pierce is dead. Just for a second, because before they can even vocalize it, uh, other than Troy and Britta both revealing that the last thing they said to him was suck it. (laughs) Under, I'm sure, very different pretenses. Uh, But just as they think he is really gone, he walks in the room. (laughs) Ava's like, yes! And Britta's like, oh, thank God. And he knows exactly (laughs) what's up because it's clear that this isn't the first time Pierce has walked into a room full of people who assumed he was dead. (laughs) 
there's a really funny line that feels like it's it's something that's a little edged towards Chevy in real life, the mm-hmm. line where he's like, you know, when I was 30, people used to wish that I was dead to my face. <laughs> Assuming, you know, now yeah. he's working with a team that doesn't wish he was dead to their to his face. They, <laughs> they do it to the side. Then we get the whole thing where Britta starts plucking hair off of Jeff. I thought this was kind of strange. I think it went on for a couple plucks too long. Yeah, almost the first time I watched it, I wasn't exactly sure what was happening and why she was like touching him like that mm-hmm. uh but it's because Britta's noticing female hair on jeff which is a little intense to just notice on your friend uh that's when we get the you know they say who is the person jeff says first last name beeswax first name nunya which prompts that line we just discussed a little mm-hmm. bit ago oh my third His wife third was wife. biracial <laughs> and Britta keeps plucking hair off of him because I don't know, this just seems like a shoehorned way to ride in the whole Jeff doesn't usually sleep with the same woman thing. Yeah. Because Brit is like, oh, I don't want to get you in trouble for the next girl that you hook up with. And Jeff says something along the lines of, well, whoever finds his hair will, will not mind because it's hers. To which everybody gasps. <laughs> well, but also, like, Jeff has not been that sexually successful since starting at Greendale. Yeah, obviously the show is just a... A slice of these people's lives we don't really see what they do when they're not together mm-hmm. but it definitely doesn't seem that that is the case even though this episode reveals in a little bit that jeff has been seeing someone for a couple weeks we just yeah. haven't seen it which i like that the show does that i do too so they all question jeff on uh you know sleeping with the same girl like several times in a row that's when he has that line of the confidentiality spice and <laughs> privacy smurf Uh, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. There are a couple of things in this episode, other than Jeff and Slater, that make me think of where the creative team's mind was when it comes to the other potential pairings in the show. definitely. And And I think this reveals that Annie wasn't really one of them. Yeah, I think so too. I think that, you know, I like, you know, my favorite couple in the show, which is not a shared opinion by a whole lot of people, but I like when Britta and Troy are together. Yeah. This Um, episode doesn't do anything direct about them as a potential pairing and the show doesn't really do that till like season three mm-hmm. but they have chemistry that's very apparent uh, as we can see when they dance together and when they have to work on an issue together yeah and i like their chemistry quite a bit i do as well but like you said it's clear that annie is not necessarily who they want to end up with anybody <laughs> yeah this because her immediate thing when she finds out that jeff's been seeing someone isn't like oh jeff's seeing someone it's well don't you want us to meet her like yeah he's embarrassed of them and then when later on in the episode there are a couple of things that hint towards annie mostly still having feelings for troy mm-hmm. pierce is like oh you're not telling us because it's a guy <laughs> to which jeff out, like <laughs> blinking his eyes like you're wrong pierce it's two guys that was one of my favorite lines in the episode for sure and sometimes I do wish you were dead. <laughs> the cut to theme song should have been there. We didn't need the extra cut of Pierce saying, oh, oh thank you. It should have I been agree. there because that's a funny line. That made it feel kind of like, I don't know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine spoils me a little bit because that show has perfected the like joke that smash cuts into the theme song. So you're laughing like as the pop theme song starts. Yeah. So I wish they would have done that. I wish they wouldn't have. I wish they would have been like, bam, now you're into it. I agree. I agree, and I think that's when it's the most effective. And I also, just jumping ahead, the show always does great opening tags and end tags. I think the opening tag has the whole Thinking Pierce is Dead thing going for it, but it's not a top-tier opening tag. And I also don't think the end tag is 
top tier as well. I really think the end tag is not. I like the very beginning of it, and I think that they were setting it up okay, but I don't we'll think it's a We'll get to it when we get to it, because I, yeah. I have things to say. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. After the theme song, we see... I love this thing of Troy walking through the hallways, <laughs> like keeping up this facade of how cool he is. You know, he knows everybody that passes him. He gives them a high five. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of talking the 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 football talk with everybody. He like barks at people in the hallway, and it's a really great cut as he you know looks over his shoulder, makes sure no one's seeing, and he walks into the dance studio room. It's a really funny reveal because there hasn't been any indication of what this is. Yet. Yeah. And he walks right into, you know, a ragtag group of people in a community college dance class stretching and preparing. And, yeah, Troy takes off his, like, Sue Sylvester-looking jumpsuit (laughs) and reveals his, what would it be, a unitard? Yeah, I think so. I don't know this, exactly. The do you difference. wear this type of dance clothes? Do you have, I do like, not. A real skin tight. I feel like I've seen you in some skin tight stuff. I wear pretty snug things, but they're not quite. It's not that. like elastic. It's not yeah. like legging material. Now I will say some of the like shirts that I wear do snap at the bottom. And while you'd think it'd be terrible, I don't mind the support. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think the choreography of the scene is really cool. The way that it. It's like the dance class doing their poses with Troy at the center of it. Yeah, I think so, it's too. It's very, like, Broadway musicals, like a chorus line or some of the stuff that Bob Fosse would have done. Uh, I think they they spoke highly in the commentary of whoever choreographed this episode, and they said that they didn't have a lot of time to put together the dance moments. And in a couple of that kind of shows, but this is a really nicely spaced moment. Yeah, I think that the, you know, they really did cats justice with their rendition here. So, (laughs) stepping right over that dead cat, um, we cut now to Jeff and Slater walking down the hallway, and I don't know if they're really trying to be sly, but they definitely give away right away. It's like, oh, so it's Slater. They're very bad at it, at being sneaky. (laughs) They're, you know, like making up conversations to have while people are around, and the conversation revolves around, like, why they can't date each other. (laughs) I get that because they've had that conversation before but is that what they want people to think that they're talking about when they're out in the open i guess (laughs) they're talking about how they're kind of seeing someone being like obvious but trying to be sly about it talking about each other without actually talking about each other Mm -hmm. and then as soon as they slam the door there's the very cliche embrace of the two of them I don't dislike Slater as a as a love interest for Jeff, and I also don't hate the having to hide it of it all. I agree. But that the embrace is a little ham-fisted cheesy. and cheesy. I've yeah. never been someone's dirty little secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, like, what the hell? You're a grown man. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, and the line Slater has about it being a secret, making the sex 38% hotter, is a little lame as well. I agree. I get she's a statistics teacher, but that was a little bit... You know, yeah, she's knock not on that the door As soon as they uh, knock on the door, as soon as they embrace, and it's Dean Pelton coming in. That's mm-hmm. when you know Jeff's saying, "Hey, midterms and whatever," and Slater says, "Chalk." <laughs> <laughs> the dean reveals a little bit that he's not quite as stupid as people think he is, because he says what he was going to say to Slater. Doesn't make it obvious that he is in on what's going down, but he's immediately like hope i'm not interrupting anything mm-hmm. and he's like we laugh but for real it'd be a big deal if you guys were seeing each other <laughs> we've talked a little bit before about the i don't know nature of this type of relationship and if it's okay or not yeah. uh, most of the argument being you know that jeff is quite a bit older than your traditional college student so mm-hmm. 
age-wise, you know, if they were out in the wild, it would be okay. Do you think a community college would have big problems like this if a 30-something-year-old professor and a 30-something-year-old student were, like, publicly dating? I think it would only be a problem if he were in her class. Okay. I think that it would not be a problem if they publicly dated after he were in her class, but if they were publicly together during it, I could see why the university, for, like, liability grade reasons class or no i feel like the vibe on campus would be kind of weird mm-hmm. and i feel like it's something that's set up not to work a little bit but not impossible well i knew a lot of people in college that you know they, they were dating yeah either like dating like a ta that ran or like graduate student that ran the class so it wasn't like they were far apart in age but technically that was the you know teacher there's a slight level of authority or exactly. a level of yeah so the dean brings up that it's like a magnet for lawsuits, which I can't see how that would happen. But it, he says that he thinks about this a lot, and he has like a watch list that ranks both the students and <laughs> teachers by how attractive they are. Uh, their, their, their potential to – I forget what his exact thing is. It's like their potential to create an issue, to like mm-hmm. create a stir. And I like how he doesn't even try to cover it up. He says it kind of loosely, and then Jeff says – You rank people by how hot they are? You got it. Number two. two. So yeah, Jeff's number two and Slater's number seven. I don't think Dan Harmon's drunken answer is canon. Who do you think is the number one hot student for Dean Craig Pelton? Uh, For Dean Pelton? It's got to be like some random student that like when we don't see him, he's like trying to interact with almost as much, if not more than he does. Okay, but let's go a little more cut and dry with this of characters that you can reference. Who is it for you? Um, I want a specific answer. Duncan. Okay. Well, he's not he's not a student. But well, uh, well, are we are it. we ranking the professors and students together or separately? Well, if if Jeff's number two for the students. Okay. Okay. I see what you're be? saying. Number one for the students with Garrett. Okay, that's a good choice. I was thinking maybe Owen Wilson. Oh. And maybe that's a guy from Chang's class first semester that he liked to touch his face a lot. Yeah, okay. Either of those are also really good guesses. I'm going to switch mine to Owen Wilson as my pick. Okay, whatever. (laughs) So the dean kind of lets them off the hook, but then is like, but for real, you be careful. The people of your rankings in the same room. He has this really long line about each of their attractive qualities and like mm-hmm. the potential for what could happen between them. They said on the commentary that Jim Rash had a little bit of an issue putting this monologue together because it is a, a big chunk a of, lot, yeah. of dialogue. And I guess Jim Rash is such a perfectionist that he had to do it three times. And I guess he was really, really upset about it and wow. like really uh, apologetic for not getting it right. And I think what ended in the final cut is impressive. He yeah, did a great for job. Sure. And it, doesn't look like a struggle at all no it really doesn't that's one thing about his performance in this show is it, is it just looks so natural i love the way he's like talking about how slater has some stuff that works in her favor and then gets down to her eye level and is like obviously you already had quite a few pieces of help from god <laughs> yeah that was good so he laughs and leaves kind of awkwardly and Equally awkwardly, Jeff and Slater try to go right back into kissing each other and decide that the moment is obviously ruined. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the it's kind of hard dead. coming back from that. Yeah, now we're back in the dance class. They're still doing some cool positioning. Troy is really just a superstar. Uh, I learned during the commentary 
Donald Glover went to a performing arts like high school mm-hmm. and studied ballet for like five years. Oh, that's awesome. And it definitely shows that – I don't know the way he moves his body. It definitely shows that he knows what he's doing. That you can tell if like when he picks his legs up off the ground that he – Yeah, there's precision behind it. It's not yeah. – he's not just faking it. He knows what he's doing. True. This is when we get – what's her name? Madame Leclerc. Mm-hmm. Is that her name? Yes. She compliments Troy. She stands in front of the class and addresses them. Troy is really excited that she mentioned him. This actress's name is Twink? Yeah. <laughs> so that's something. I felt like that was worth mentioning. <laughs> and <laughs> and they mentioned on the commentary that, okay, so Madame Leclerc doesn't do a whole lot. She says, like, this one thing here and maybe says a thing or two during the recital at the end. Yeah. And I guess, like, on the day of filming, Dan and a couple of the writers had written this, like, rap for her to perform at the recital. And they wrote it, like, that day on, like, a napkin that they had scribbled it out on. (laughs) And she learned it, and they filmed it, and she, like, freestyled a bunch, I guess. And she was this lady who was just coming and expecting to say these couple of lines. And this, like, type of – and I guess she just went right into it and really committed. And then they cut it. (laughs) They didn't need it. I'd like to see it. Yeah, I would too. I think it would be really funny. As everybody's leaving the class, Troy threatens all of them. And if any of you mention my dancing outside of class, I will break off your legs and use them to smash in your friend's cars. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real threat. Yeah, no one put a rat in front of him or else he won't be able to. <laughs> really funny reveal. Troy's leaving the class. Britta's arriving to the class. And they, go th- bo- they both go through like three different emotions of like shock and guilt and then like embarrassed and then like <laughs> making fun of the other person yeah and then realizing that this is gonna that they've been got they thought they were covering and they've been got by somebody at least and i think that they almost kind of take comfort in that too they're like oh, oh okay all right because it's so i don't know i think this episode does miles with troy's character because I think so too. him falling in love with dance makes so much sense and him being ashamed of it makes so much sense and the way he acts upon that shame of it tracks with things we've seen in the past, like that week when he couldn't be a good friend to Abed. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's character development that, that – I don't know. I think Football Feminism and You was his first star episode, but he was more uh, uh, like a prop for what the other characters were doing in that episode than yeah. like his own person doing his own stuff. And now it's like Choi is his own person. Yeah, it's and, cool because he has his own like, you know – things that he has to go through that are more than the surface level this time he has to decide you know okay am i gonna take the hit for doing this to help my friend which is it's a it's a growing moment yeah and not quite to the extent of troy but this episode also does some decent stuff with britta who's been kind of towards the bottom of the study group as far as as far as representation for the past several episodes yeah so Troy's talking about how the coach suggested that he start dancing because it would help with his coordination, which seems like great coaching. It's true. And, uh, one of the yeah. best uh, wide receivers of all time, Lynn Swan, did dance for a long time, and it helped a lot with his footwork. Yeah, and everyone knows that one of the best television programs of all time, Glee, did that episode where the football team had to join the Glee Club to do Thriller for the halftime show, and they all learned many important lessons about acceptance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, is that the scene where they like go to kick the field goal, but they fake it and they start doing single ladies or something, and then they score the touchdown? No, that's another episode. That's a different one. Just as classic and moving. Yes. Yeah. 
Troy fell in love with dancing once he tried it on the recommendation of his coach, but he fell in love with it in a very straight way. Well, of course. Do you ever feel an extra need because of what you are involved in, in like proving your masculinity or in like proving your sexuality? I at first thought that I would. Um, I think that there's a big kind of perception from people outside of the dance world that a lot of guy dancers are gay but actually in it that's not the not the case in ballroom dancing dancing is very athletic and very difficult and probably harder than a lot of sports definitely like like in in precision not that like the heat of the battle isn't similar exactly but as far as like having to nail it a certain way it's totally harder in the muscle memory yeah and a lot of the dances i do are you know faster a lot of movement and i and i played basketball a little bit in school and stuff like that you know and i i definitely work just as hard physically in the dancing stuff but i think that you know for me especially going out socially dancing as much as i do i don't have to worry about that too much um but i definitely well, I'm think sure that there's a the vibe kind of outside. in downtown chicago of going to a place and expecting to dance is very different is than different in from indiana. someone who's in yeah. colorado in community or someone who's in indiana yeah of course absolutely i think definitely i think that um also like culturally i think that here it's a lot more of a melting pot of people who grew up dancing all different cultures mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah it's not like that in indiana no it's not i mean because we remember in, in high school the dancing we did for choir I mean, it's not like that was thought of as the most manly activity by people who weren't in it. <laughs> but it was hard work. It literally, yeah, it was a lot of, you know, physical work to do it because we yeah. you had to keep going for a long period of time. A ton of, of cardio, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, I just wanted to pick your brain about that. I think you have a really specific and great disposition to be able to give some thoughtful commentary on this episode. Oh, well, thanks. I, uh... I'm glad I don't have the hiccups anymore, so let's go ahead and restart. Hi! Uh, hello and welcome to episode 14 of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. I'm Steven. <laughs> Great to hear from you too, Zach. Must have lost him. Just cut this when you fix it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was just going to see how long you would keep going. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Britta understands, and there's some funny bits here where Troy's like, I know you can see the outline of my penis through my pants, but I'm going to need you to not look at it. And he's like, I know it's very tempting, but I'm going to need you to keep it up here. And Britta totally was sneaking a peek. Oh, yeah, she was. How, how is that in the dance community? Is, 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 your, is your penis on display a lot of the time? Um... So here's I'm gonna is be that, up front is, that with a, you. Some, is that something that if is you're a... wise, you know how to position to avoid it as much as you can. Um, okay, to avoid it entirely, or to position yourself for the best look. Um, to position yourself to avoid it being seen. Okay. Um, okay. Now, luckily for me, most of the pants that I wear are actually a little bigger. They're not super tight on me. Okay. Um, but the thing more so is that you're dancing really close with people a lot of the time, and if you tuck to the right, not the left, then you will be making contact. Direct contact. Partner. Yeah. So you got to. But go in the right something direction. like dancing, into a slight degree of removal from it, theater, which I've been involved in, mm-hmm. there's some awkward bumping and grinding that just kind of happens, but neither party's mind is there when it happens so it's not really a thing at exactly all. and that that comes part of being like a professional is being able to handle that and not think of it as anything 
you know, right. other than accidental contact while you're dancing. And that just comes I, with experience. I thought when you said, well, lucky for me, we wear bigger pants. I thought you were going to be like, well, lucky for me, my penis is so incredibly <laughs> small that there's that it doesn't not really, really anywhere matter. for it to go. It just kind of There's sits. no danger. <laughs> this makes Britisi Troy in a totally different light. They comment a little meta like on how they haven't really spent a lot of time together mm-hmm. and Britta's kind of dismissed Troy as a shallow jock which as we've seen through his relationship with Abed and his sense of humor and his his genuinity that he that he's not he kind of wants to be seen as that but he's not yeah I think Troy is he's like that you know he was good at sports and so he thought okay I'm a jock that's what I do but he's he's more than that yeah, Britta had always wanted to try dancing but was embarrassed about it, so she never told anyone. I think she feels like she has to keep up a certain facade as well, and I think it's uh, smart that they chose these two characters to have this predicament. I think so, too. Rather than, like, Jeff. Yeah. Troy makes it really serious that he, he doesn't want anyone to know about it, and Britta counters him and says, we put so much work into it and we're good at it and passionate about it, we should tell the people that we are involved with that this is happening and i'm sure they'll come support us and i Britta, <laughs> troy has a really funny line where he's like i am spending a lot of money on breakaway clothing <laughs> and Britta kind of makes him commit but gets troy to commit to telling the study group and inviting them to their dance recital and I, Troy's funny when he's like, let me think about it. And he, like, ballet stretches his leg, <laughs> takes a deep sigh, looks really forlornly, and is like, okay, let's okay. do this. <laughs> I'm in. Now we cut back to Jeff. Uh, Jeff and Slater are meeting in the library. I thought this scene was even more awkward than the last makeout scene. They're between two rows of books in front of a closed study room window. I don't buy totally how unprofessional Slater is being here. I don't either, especially since she's the one that had the bigger issue with it to start. Yeah, they're out in the open. Uh, Jeff, like, says loud and clear, you know, my study group's in that other room, and if they open the blinds, they'll see us, and that'll be bad. And Slater's, you know, she's like, oh, well, I'm a girl on a sitcom, so I'm too horny to care. Yeah. So, <laughs> and Jeff is like, as soon as we touch each other, the blinds are going to open, and it's going to be bad. And they kiss, and I don't know. I just think it's awkward, and if Slater was a real person, I don't think she would do that. I completely agree. The only good takeaway from this little scene was the joke that, you know, oh, misdirection, they didn't open the blinds you thought they were going to open, they were looking through the other one. that was a good misdirect. Jeff has one eye open the whole time they're kissing to make sure the blinds stay closed, and they do, but because of the really nicely placed line in the beginning of the episode the doors are locked and jeff is the one who's there and should be letting people in which of course he doesn't think or know about nope and they're all waiting to be let in watching them from outside (laughs) right next to them pierce is the one to break the silence like well you let us in (laughs) god come on (laughs) some of us almost died today (laughs) and jeff just kind of nods after a cut to commercial, now we are in, like, the other side of the study room where they're all sitting on couches. Uh, Dan spoke a little bit on the commentary about scenes like this, never being quite sure where to place them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes you're like, well, do they spend too much time in the study room? Should we just have them hang out somewhere else on campus? But the other thought is, well, it's kind of like Cheers or a lot of the show that the study room is like the show yeah. where they hang out. And so he said it was important for them to do this in the study room, but to have it on the other side of the study room. So it's kind of like a family meeting. It's not like they're there to study as a group. It's just where they hang out as a group. 
Jeff is being forced to reintroduce Slater to everyone and make it clear that they're dating each other. It's very awkward. It's a little uncomfortable that the study group members are such, like, children to Jeff. Yeah. That, that it, they need to be introduced to their new stepmom. Well, and I don't feel like they acted this way when they first, you know... I mean, they weren't super warm towards her. They initially. had issues, but they weren't exactly this, yeah. They weren't acting right. childish about the fact that they were together. I do like Abed's angle here when he says, well, you know, Jeff's kind of like a dad to the study group. That makes you our new mom. And yeah, Slater's like... But you know it's nothing like that, right? Absolutely. Do you cook macaroni? I have. Macaroni's my favorite. I buy that Abed would be on that momentum, but I don't buy that the rest of the study group would. Yeah, especially, like, Shirley, I don't think would be acting that way, because Shirley doesn't act like Jeff's her dad, you know? Whenever there's, like, sex and relationship drama that involves Jeff, Shirley is so involved with it. I think (laughs) Shirley has an unspoken crush. I could see that. I don't think the show was ever willing to go that direction. It's probably best that it didn't, but Mm -hmm. I think it's probably there. Yeah, I'll put it in my fan fiction. Yeah, so Jeff tells the study group who he thinks he can trust that this is a secret and nobody needs to know about this because then the dean has to know about this and that'd be bad everyone agrees to it goes right into talking about something that uh that has nothing to do with it that's when shirley says pepper jack cheese like 150 times in the span of 10 (laughs) seconds pierce has the fakest like a smile on his face as he pulls out his phone and is like sure and they're like all good everyone i appreciate it Slater gets going, they start to kiss, the study group can't handle it, and so they don't. It's awkward. Very awkward. I, I'm i not a fan of the weird, like, handshake thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a ton of it in this episode. I think this no. is a largely successful episode, and on the Jeff and Slater front, I think it's more successful than the Halloween episode was. I agree. Uh, it's just a couple of weird moments here. Once the Dean gets involved, he is all of the weird in the situation, so that kind of does the heavy lifting and helps you root for the other characters. Yeah. Pierce commends Jeff on breaking down the barrier between student and teacher, uh, likens it to Rosa Parks. <laughs> he wants to elaborate. Jeff won't let that happen. I, I'm torn between not wanting to know where he was going with that and being curious what his mind was thinking the connection is. I I would love to hear Pierce's explanation of Rosa Parks or like illusion of how Jeff's <laughs> I feel like teacher student thing Pierce probably knows Rosa Parks in the bus maybe likens it to a school bus maybe Rosa Parks was on a school bus and was standing up from her teachers There we know. go. There we know. go. Who knows? I could see that connection. Pierce is probably made. on the school bus cuz he's 150 years old. so after that um even in front of everyone shirley turns to britta to make sure she's okay with the situation i love gillian's delivery of i will try to find the tools to survive she's just reassuring (laughs) shirley and she's clearly fine even though this episode does prove otherwise in a couple of moments Mm -hmm. as it usually does britta's never willing to admit that she does have some feelings because i think her feelings are pretty surface level for jeff yeah i don't think they're super deep this is a really funny moment uh, i love britta grabs troy's hand and and says troy and i have something that we would like <laughs> to announce and annie's scream of of ah and britta's oh no no it's really funny <laughs> it was so good because annie like immediately was like oh no <laughs> panic 
Britta announces that there's a dance recital on Friday and that she really wants everyone to come because she's been taking a tap class. Choi is just wide-eyed looking at her, picking up on all the opinions of the study group around her, and they laugh at it. I take a little bit of umbrage at this. I don't think everyone in the study group would just laugh at it like this. Uh, I don't know the way they do it right here is funny. Shirley tries to say, that's nice. And she's like, that's funny. funny. (laughs) (laughs) And Choi just like action movie staring, side eye, looking at each person, sweating because he's not ready to do this. Because, I don't know, there's some at stake for Britta, but she's thick-skinned enough to get laughed at. Choi's not in a place like that. Yeah, he so needs to be seen that certain way. Absolutely, especially by the people who he feels like you know the most vulnerable to, especially because they're his. As soon as he's seen Jeff disapprove, he's like, "Oh, well, then it's done." Yeah, I also don't like you said you don't buy that everybody in the group would act that way. I really don't buy that Abed would be kind of the way. And Abed isn't mean about it, but he says it like in his calculator kind of way, where he's like, "Well, you're not a typically vulnerable or feminine person, Mm -hmm. and the act of dancing is considered both vulnerable and feminine." Mm I don't totally I think he's just like spouting out knowledge that he has based on his like database. I yeah. don't think he's really making a comment one way or the other. Okay, yeah. I could see that. I then. think he's just going along and saying what he came up with. <laughs> and he just like nods and I'm like, Yes, I also agree. <laughs> That's when Britta brings up Fred Astaire, Barishnikov. Should have talked about Bob Fosse. Do you know much about Bob Fosse? Yeah, a little bit. He's a little bit of a legend, and he had a really troubled, uh, like, love and sex life. So, a great example of a of a of a choreographer or dancer who was very much of the straight persuasion. Yeah. There was a phenomenal miniseries called Fosse Verdon. Who played Bob Fosse in that? Uh, Sam Rockwell. Okay. He does a great job. And even if you think that that topic has nothing of interest to you, it's like a ten episode series, and it's. Like, I think it was last year. It was maybe the best thing I watched on TV that aired all last year. Wow. It was so captivating. And, yeah, you should just watch it. If I just told you what it's about, like his life, it would sound boring. But they did such a good job with it. Well, from what I've heard, I think I'd probably enjoy it. I think you would love it. I'll check it out, then. I think you would absolutely love it. I really like this line where Jeff says, well, even when Jerry Rice went on Dancing with the Stars, and Pierce is just gobsmacked. <laughs> Jerry Rice? Jerry Rice? He's still looking at his phone, but when he heard Jerry Rice and dancing, he just snapped out of it. And he just mumbles to himself. He's like, oh, I liked him. <laughs> so funny story. Uh, the or studio I work for, um, they we do an event every year. It was actually canceled this year because COVID hit like right the day before. Or the day of, mm-hmm. actually, our event got canceled. But it's Dancing with Chicago Celebrities. And it raises money for breast cancer research. But we have a lot of like former NFL players and news people mm. and different celebrities come dance and the NFL players always do super well. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I feel like sometimes the the athletes can be really stiff with mm-hmm. their movements uh, from watching minimally shows like Dancing with the Stars. But yeah. Who isn't stiff if you haven't done it? Exactly. So now the group is like, okay, now that we've finished making fun of Britta, Troy, what's your secret? And he totally flakes. Yeah. Um, Britta's giving him a really warm smile, like a really sweet, childish, like, I don't know, just fully trusting her friend, and Troy just can't do it. His secret is that he knew Britta's secret. And I love the Abed just, <gasps> like, like, <laughs> like, that it really broke his brain. Um, yeah, it sucks that Troy did this, but like I mentioned, from some of his previous 
situations when he's like been under fire a little bit, he kind of easy he tends to crumble. Yeah, he can't handle it, so he he does the easy and safe thing. The dean walks into the room and says, "I just heard about you and Slater's relationship. That somehow in the minute that they've been sitting there since Slater left the room, it got all the way around <laughs> the school." All the way around Twitter, as they say, and to the dean because of Pierce. Apparently, Pierce has a big campus Twitter following, which which I'd buy. Old white man says is a is a plot line in the future, mm-hmm. but that was a situation where Troy created an account tweeting out Pierce's stuff. Yeah, this is the OG. Like you know, like yeah, I didn't know Pierce would know how to use Twitter. I thought that was the whole point of <laughs> old white man says. Right, voice command. Everyone's leaving and laughing about. Britta, and Britta taps Troy on the shoulder and holds him back to discuss what just happened. I guess they added the scene last second. They wrote it because they felt like this conflict between the two of them needed to be said specifically and needed to be shaded in a little bit. Mm. I don't think that's exactly true, Yeah. but I think the scene is good, and there's a really funny bit at the end of it that I love, well, which we'll get to in a yeah. second. Yeah. Um, they're, they're yelling at each other. Brit is like, they're going to find out that you're in the recital when you are in the recital and they're there. Mm -hmm. And Troy says that he's not going to do the recital. He's dropping the class. Brit is really sad and disappointed. And there's an awkward Troy line that I don't love when he says, "Uh, the only person who gets to talk to me like that is Shirley. And you're not Shirley. And Shirley is not my mom. A little awkward. Yeah, that was, I don't know why. Like, I see what they're trying to do there, but I think it just didn't. Come out the, the Shirley way. Troy jokes have to come through Pierce mm-hmm. for it to work, or else it doesn't really work. Yeah, clearly they're not related. Nobody thinks that. Yeah, except Pierce. Troy pretty much tells Britta that he has more at stake than her to lose. Uh, the girls are made to dance because God gave them parts to jiggle, <laughs> which is kind of a funny line. Mm-hmm. Men often have plenty of parts to jiggle. That yeah, the, the jiggle ability has nothing to do with dance ability. <laughs> true there are women who are great dancers who don't have a lot to jiggle it's true the amount of jiggle has very little to nothing to do almost with your your dancing not that there's anything wrong with a little jiggle yeah i would say that really your your wiggle is more important than your jiggle what was it from last week it's it's your girth to hip ratio (laughs) that's more important than your jiggle ability it's true troy doesn't want to go from starting quarterback to a guy who leaps around in tights and he says that he's got more at stake because he's a man. And is that is that something that you relate to at all? I feel like you've always been pretty... I've always been... Have appeared to be pretty, pretty confident yeah. in who you are and knowing that maybe it's out of the norm in some regard, but that's a good thing. Yeah, I think ever since I was younger, I've always been pretty comfortable with my, you know, self, at least to the point of, like like you said, being okay, kind of stepping out of the, the norm. So, like, because I've been dancing around since I was a little kid, you know, so it was never something I was really afraid to do. Yeah, yeah. But I can definitely understand and see why a lot of men, especially men of color, um, and just men kind of growing up in where we grew up, where, you know, anything that's not straight down the middle, right norm, you know, is pointed out immediately. So I, I definitely get why people are apprehensive when it comes to dancing or singing or expressing themselves in a way that's not you know the most masculine or not thought of as the most masculine way and the thing is i think most everyone has that little bit of like fame envy Mm -hmm. where you know you look at stuff like singing and performing and dancing and the attention that comes from it and you're jealous of it even if it's not an interest of yours totally so i think it's interesting that then people are against the people like small school level that Mm -hmm. want to be involved with stuff like that yeah that's never made sense to me 
that's like your chance like to be honest you know most of us with dreams of stuff like that aren't going to reach like superstardom level yeah. that just doesn't happen and for a lot of people high school and college is when you get to make your interests like that a big part of your life for a while exactly i mean that's kind of your chance to like have a, a moment so if you have those predispositions about dancing if you have any interest at all and even if you think you'll be terrible about it just do it give try it a out. try it's fun and if it's not for you or if you're not good at it that doesn't mean anything yeah not everybody's good at it it's not for everybody but there's nothing wrong with trying it and if you have any questions about you know if you're like, I really want to dance, but don't know what kind of dance I should do, right. ask. I'll give you tips. Right. He will. I quite Without I will. being asked. It's true. Uh, Britta, Britta <laughs> says to him, you are a dancer, Troy. And Troy says, not anymore. And this is why I'm glad they did this scene. Because he's, he's walking out of the study room. <laughs> and, like does a spin around another classmate as he's just like leaving and and saying he's not a dancer and i I like that the classmate goes whoa (laughs) (laughs) that is the most i related to troy in this entire episode was that moment right there when he spun off of the person yeah yeah (laughs) we now cut to britta struggling with the vending machine and she's clearly upset which Shirley notices and assumes wrongfully that she's upset about jeff but she's upset because of troy and doesn't want to break troy's trust so doesn't really want to say it outright yeah this is where we get that line where, you know, Shirley says, we can talk about anything, politics, <laughs> medicine, Jeff. So Britta starts talking about the Shroud of, excuse me, the sh- every time I talk about the Shroud of Turin, I can't help it. It's burp. powerful. Yeah, she starts talking about one of the other things that she likes to talk about, and Shirley can't do it immediately. <laughs> Straight to the gossip. Well, to talk about Jeff. And there's a astute line, sort of, where... Shirley says, like, having Jeff chase after you is a good thing because you kind of call him out on his negatives and you're kind of warming him up and sweetening him up like a cup of coffee to make him a little more presentable. And she assumes that, you know, just because Britta's not ready for something between the two of them, that she doesn't want anything else to happen with him and anybody else right now. Which is not an incorrect thought of what's happening there a little bit, you know? Shirley's angle in this episode, when they try to push her into it, is a little weird. We're kind of back to that Shirley just nosing into someone else's stuff. Yeah, this is a lot more like the Shirley of the episode where she was, you know, spreading all the gossip and really bad about it. Brita says astutely to Shirley, do you think that Professor Slater's getting flowers right now? Do you think they're holding hands and meeting each other's parents and stuff? Uh, Even if she has some sort of crush on Jeff... A relationship with Jeff would not be a relationship that she wants right now. No. And she also thinks that because of that, now that their secret is out in the open for Jeff and Slater, that they're going to crumble and it's going to fall apart. Yeah, I think that it's clear that, you know, Jeff and Slater from the beginning are not, you know, madly in love. (laughs) That's not the situation. They're really attracted to each other and kind of the danger zone of the relationship Mm -hmm. is a big part of it. Yeah. This is when that conversation with Britta and Shirley loses any kind of forward momentum at all it had for me. Uh, you know, Shirley mentions being a divorced black housewife and likens it to Britta being a single white slacker and why those people are so jaded and it turns into Britta's like, oh, you people? Oh, I never thought I'd be able to say that. Yeah, and I Shirley didn't saying, quite... it's the little things, huh? Like the little things about what? About being a minority? What are you talking about? I guess about? I think that 
the Shirley's line didn't land for me about the single white slacker because she's yeah. talking about it like it's like a big group of people, but it's is she just talking about Britta or is she roping someone else yeah. into that? I don't know. And then the little things like she's trying to say like, oh, it's it's nice getting to claim the minority car. I don't yeah. know like that. Yeah, yeah. Weird writing there. Weird writing there. Yeah. Now we cut to the dean. And he's having, like, a hearing, uh, asking questions, filling out paperwork for Jeff and Slater to keep their relationship legitimate in the eyes of the school. And he has a questionnaire on this form. Uh, There's a really cheesy cut where Jeff and Slater, like, look at each other like, what are we getting ourselves into? Yeah, but they're just going to have to do this, and then they'll be able to get on to their very attractive way. This is when the conflict between Jeff and Slater kind of brings up where Jeff says right away, you know, like, we haven't even admitted to being a couple. This is all based on hearsay, although them showing up at all pretty much says that they are. Yeah. It's bringing up that, you know, Jeff isn't ready for this to be anything other than the secret that it's been. Mm-hmm. Jeff calls out the illegitimacy of Pierce's Twitter account and why he might not be the best resource to find out if they're dating or not. (laughs) But Slater is the one who's like, no, Jeff, it's cool. People know we're dating and it doesn't bother me. So let's just let people know. Jeff is like, okay, sweet, I guess. Not really accepting it, but just wanting to get this conversation over with. I don't know. Yeah, I, this is where I kind of questioned, I was like, okay, you know, especially this coming right after Britta talking about, you know, the, how he really isn't a boyfriend Mm -hmm. right now, they're just kind of sleeping together. But Jeff very much was enjoying how little effort he had to put into this. Yeah. And that combined with the, you know, extra thrill of sneaking around, I think was why it's so nice for him. Yeah, you know, honestly, I don't have a ton of stuff to say about this scene of the Dean questioning them. It's funny, it's silly, it's awkward. Yeah. They mentioned on the commentary that there was some slight controversy because I think it's like Funny or Die or someone like that did a sketch that was very similar to this, like mm. an office relationship, having to come out to like HR or something and yeah. pull stuff out. And I think community caught a little bit of flack for it. And Dan Harmon was basically like, look, comedy's comedy. People can tell jokes or come up with situations that are similar. Uh, and no one on my team looked at that video and was like, let's do that. It's just a coincidence. And I think that's almost always the I case. believe that, yeah. Even if it's as real as like you saw that other thing and it landed in your brain and you ended up digging it out when you wrote something, I still think it's most times innocent. Yeah, and I think it's it's different. You know, I mean, Even if it's a similar situation... If it's a relatable situation, it's a situation that, you know, more than one person has felt or has thought about. The Dean questions them about how long they've been doing it, meaning dating, how long they've been doing it, meaning doing it, uh, if they'd be <laughs> willing to, uh, to to put a third into their situation, which he says isn't for personal knowledge, and <laughs> ends up jotting it down as TBD. <laughs> What it boils down to is when he asks if they consider each other boyfriend and girlfriend, to which immediately Slater says, yeah, and Jeff says, eh. (laughs) Which is a terrible response for Jeff. Have you ever been in a situation, though, where things are ramping up in a relationship and it's time to maybe put a label and you're kind of okay where things are at but not exactly looking to put a label on anything and still kind of weighing out whether you want to at all? I think I've been on both sides of it. I've been on the side I where I wanted to well. put a label and they were like, slow down, super chief. And I've been in the position where I was like, hey, uh, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit there. Space, ra- say Space Ranger. <laughs> I can relate. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Uh, Jeff says, you know, it's just semantics, really, which <laughs> maybe to an extent it is, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Putting a title on things is a big deal. Yeah. And Slater very directly says in front of the dean is like, you know, we've been having sex for every night for like three weeks, and how would you describe me? And Jeff says the best friend ever. Which is which the is worst awful. thing he says the whole episode. Even the dean goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And Slater's like, well, I guess I've had the wrong idea about us, and that it's good that they're having this because he's be- she's better dating off an adult, which you go, Slater, you are better off yeah. than Jeff Winger. Especially circa this time. Yeah, absolutely. So she leaves. Uh, Jeff tries to get her to stop. The dean kind of throws in a couple of round commenting <laughs> on Slater. And then after she leaves, the dean's like, I'll get the breakup form. <laughs> that was a pretty good Jim Rash. I wasn't even trying. But thank you. Sometimes I feel like I can say his lines in his voice a little. Knock on the door of Slater's office. We cut right back to another relationship conversation between Jeff and Slater. The scene drags a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I guess it's important. It's a little bit hard to be invested in this relationship when you know where the series goes with it. Yeah. Which is not totally the show's fault, but it's pretty impossible to overlook. Yeah, I think that... I. It's nice to see it going on. I like Slater, especially in this episode. I like her um, Mm. for the most part, with the exception of two awkward scenes. But I think that I guess really one. But I think that, you know, they do a fine job of getting it, you know, the conflict, then resolving the conflict. Mm. It is what it is. I yeah, I think there's some untapped potential in having kept Slater as a more long term Mm -hmm. relationship for Jeff. I think. Jeff being in a relationship and it being someone outside of the study group is something that could work. Yeah. But the show decided not really to do that, and they never really dwelled on stuff like that too much, which I am glad for. Yeah. I mean, well, I think that they definitely, it would have been easy to do it in a way that Slater could come back later and, you know, have a thing going on, especially when Jeff later on is is a professor. But Yeah. Honestly, the thing that they said in the commentary that... The, the end of this relationship isn't for a couple episodes, mm-hmm. but they pretty much said that it came down to the guest casting that they did, and they had that episode with Catherine McPhee, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, they knew that they wanted to do a, a, a situation with her where she's involved with Jeff. So they were basically like, okay, so we have to end the Slater relationship so we can do this for this guest star episode. Yep. Otherwise, there would have been potential for them to have stayed together, and I think it, it's, like I said, it's a little bit untapped potential, but I'm not too mad at it. Uh, this conversation that they're having, Jeff just comes in and says he's afraid of commitment, which is so cheesy. It is. And she even kind of calls him on it and says, oh, how original, or whatever she says. Yeah, but Jeff's winger speech to Slater here where he talks about, okay, maybe that is boring and cliche, but the truth usually is, (laughs) is kind of true. Yeah. You know, truth isn't usually exciting. He is afraid of being in a long-term relationship with someone. And he's saying that he is, and there's no frills or hidden meaning or deeper thing really to be had with it. It just is what it is, and he's trying to be honest, I guess. Yeah, and uh, this is not my favorite winger speech because I'm not saying it's a favorite, I think but, okay. that his kind of whole gist, you know, and, and I'm sure you'll you'll kind of say some of the more highlighted things he says, but he he basically comes to the point where, hey, you can you know call it whatever i i i'm scared of of words but i like what we're doing and as long as yeah. it's just a change in title then i'm fine with and, it yeah and the thing is slater's position on this is nice too 
mm-hmm. because she's just the same. She's like, I don't really need this to be anything more than what it's been already. I'm having fun. I'm not looking for us to be serious. It would just be nice to be seen as the person you're dating and not the person that you're friends with, that you're banging every night. Yeah. And she kind of you says, know, she, like, you know, we've, we've done this several times now, and somewhere along that line, yeah. I think it crosses that. Yeah, she doesn't imply that she's, like, in love with Jeff or that this is, like, a life-changing decision. She just wants to be seen as someone vaguely significant to him mm-hmm. because they have been to each other for a little while now, it appears. Yeah. And Slater says, you know what? You went to the friend place, and that kind of closed it. That's you getting official, not me as Jeff has been complaining about her wanting to make things official. Mm-hmm. She says, like, unless there's something I need to know about, like your relationship with your other friends, like the lunch lady or the blonde in your Spanish class with the infinite supply <laughs> of leather jackets, um, that, yeah, that obviously Jeff isn't doing with her what he does with all of his friends. Jeff's whole thing is that not that he doesn't want them to have some type of title. It's that thing that we all fear is that when you make that decision – it's making a conscious decision that there's a chance you'll have to unmake it in the future. Yeah. And it's so much easier to, like, hang out in the gray area. You're missing out on the greatness of a relationship, but to have that fear and to act upon it, I think, is pretty natural. I think so, too, because, you know, you can't, you know, have a relationship end badly if it never officially starts, you know? Yeah. Well, getting in the relationship I'm in right now was so hard for me because I was so caught up in that. Yeah. It's like... If if you're used to and expecting at the age you're at anything to crash and burn at some point, it really takes away the desire. Absolutely. But when you're willing to look past that and make yourself vulnerable and love somebody, it's the greatest thing in the world. Oh, and that's nice. it it is nice. But you know, it, it, the thought is still there. It could crash and burn, and you might have to unsay those things that you've said one day. Yeah, and that sucks, and that's hard. And I think Jeff's sentiment here says a lot about him and it's not just that he's like oh i hate commitment it's that he's sensitive and if things crash and burn and he lets himself really like this girl he hasn't had to deal with that before and he doesn't think he's ready to yeah and i also think that it's kind of big and you know when jeff kind of comes comes clean like admits his vulnerabilities here i think that it's different than the way that jeff would have done it when the show first started even if he said some of the same words i think his motives then would have been oh, let me, you know, suck it up so I get to keep sleeping with her. Whereas here, it's, I don't want to lose this friendship and nice relationship that we have. And I like all the benefits and perks, you know, and I do like you. I just don't want to actually be boyfriend, girlfriend, because when that happens, there are more expectations, more risk. I get it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think even in their first episode together, in the Halloween episode, that was a different Jeff Mm -hmm. who would have reacted to all this differently. Um and it's funny because that episode kind of signifies the start, I think, of this kind of growth that we've seen Jeff really kind of hit, you know, a new high mm-hmm. for the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of neat that it's come full, you know, back to her that he's displaying Yeah, we again. needed that growth to be able to be invested in anything like this at all. Mm-hmm. And there has been some growth. So in some regards, I do feel a little bit invested. I know there are some people that really liked Jeff and Slater together and think that they're a pretty underrated pairing. And I can I can see, see that. that to an extent. Yeah, I think Slater's um, a cool character. Yeah, they have another jab against Jim Belushi and and basically Slater says, I'll see you around. Uh I'm not gonna I don't know. I'm not gonna just wait around until I am what you decide you want this to be or whatever. You know, she's She's a grown woman. Mm-hmm. She she isn't playing any games, Jeff. 
Yeah. Jeff stares for a second. She starts grading her papers. He gets ready to leave. And then he makes the big statement, the big winner over statement, yeah. which I thought was pretty half-assed here. Yep. All he says is, I really liked what we were doing. And if the ratio of work to pleasure can really stay at that same level, I don't care what it's called. I'll do it. Let's do it. Yeah, that's such Let's a cop out. It. He's like, hey, um, I really like sleeping with you and I want to change nothing other than what you refer to us as. But if we can keep it. sleeping with each other, I'll say whatever you want. Yeah, it's not good. And I think some of what Jeff said could have stayed. He could have said, look, I really like what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. He really needed to say something like, I'm willing to open myself up to the potential of this being more. Yeah. And he doesn't really. So when Slater stands up and opens the door wider for him to leave, but then shuts it so they can make out, it's not 100% the earned moment that this episode was ramping up to, and it could have been. Well, because I didn't think there was a whole lot of, like, mystery. Like, I didn't think for a second that Jeff was going to get out of that room, you know? I mean, when she got up and yeah. touched the door, it wasn't like she's escorting him out. It was like, oh, she's going to stop him. I think the writers really just need Jeff still to be, like, one foot in, one foot out of everything at this mm-hmm. time in the series so they can do what they need with him. Yeah. I don't know. It would have been nice to have something a little more meaningful. I think so, too, because I honestly... And we'll talk about it in a little bit um, when we get there. But later on in the episode, I think that because of how kind of half-assed Jeff seemed about the whole thing here, it takes away from what might have otherwise been an almost kind of like shippers moment for me. For Jeff and Slater? Yeah. When they hold hands? Yeah. Okay, we'll get there in a second. Now we're to the recital. Britta's peeking behind the curtain to see that her friends are showing up. She's really nervous. It's super relatable. Uh, it doesn't go like that in this instance, but I can't help but think of the Christmas episode where Britta like sings and it's really bad, <laughs> or the yeah. dean being like, "Oh, Britta's in this." Another oh, cool thing is the the auditorium set looks really cool, and their set department built it. The rows of seats, the stage, the lights, everything in the cafeteria. Are you serious? I thought they were just in an auditorium. Yeah, it looks like a little studio theater, but mm-hmm. they built this in the in the cafeteria set. Like, it reminds me of, like, a little small, like, school. They did a great job. Not that it takes a lot. It's just, like, black room with rows of seats and curtain and stage. Mm -hmm. But that's not to discount how great of a job they did and how well they always do. They really do a fantastic job on this show. Yeah. Annie is talking her up before, saying we're all here to support you, and mentions that Jeff brought his girlfriend. Uh, which Britta, you know, this whole time she's been kind of putting off their situation and been like, well, it's only a matter of time. And mm-hmm. so she says, oh, if she's his girlfriend now, can't wait till he hears about it. And Annie really kindly says, oh, he knows. They had to do this stuff with the dean. It's really serious. And says, our little Jeff's growing up. Another thing that makes me think the writers didn't really think of Annie and Jeff that much at this point. Yeah. Because there's not a tinge of disdain from Annie. Super platonic. It's all on Britta's side. Britta's the one who is having trouble internalizing it. And it's just adding to her nerves before she goes back on stage. I can definitely relate to having stage nerves and then having like love life drama or like friend drama going on behind stage and then having to somehow do it yeah i've been there and i'm sure sure. that we also both have dramatically from the stage looked out in the audience at the person who we have a crush on as they're sitting next to not us even though we're on the stage and we you know forlornly perform at them 
I wasn't specifically thinking about show choir, but now that you've got me thinking about show choir, yes. <laughs> We'd so sadly sing the ballad and be doing our little ballad bop hands. Like, oh my God, I reach out. Think of me. <laughs> wow, we were dramatic. Yeah. Or at least like in our heads we were. And then right. <laughs> we were just awkward on the outside. Um, Eddie, Eddie even says to Britta, like trying to be nice, but just makes it worse. She's like, I don't know how anyone could ever do what you're about to do. Good luck. And then she leaves. Uh, a uh, classic line that I used to quote with some friends that means nothing, but just I thought was hilarious. You know, you hear Shirley go, Oh my God, yes. I brought goobers. Anybody want a goober? Get them while they're gooby. Get them while they're gooby. Get them while they're gooby. <laughs> I think I'm going to use that in the descriptor for this podcast episode. I'll be like, new podcast, hot off the presses. Get it while it's gooby. Get it while it's gooby. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like goobers? I like goobers quite a bit. Are they like chocolate-covered peanuts? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. They're my second favorite movie snack. What's your first favorite? Bunch of Crunch. Bunch of Crunch with some popcorn is really good. Oh, yeah. Cookie dough bites are good. I can rock with cookie dough bites. The older I get, I like M&M's more. I'm a big peanut M&M different guy. Different towards M&Ms. Peanuts are hit or miss for me. I don't really like peanut M&Ms, but something like Goobers would be fine. Mm-hmm. I don't See, I like think raisins. I was I indifferent do not about in skills. any way fuck with raisins. No, I now that I'm like you know old and crotchety and don't want to be happy, I'll eat trail mix with raisins in it. But I don't like raisins. I'm pretty open when it comes to foods, all foods, but raisins are one of the things that genuinely make me gag. Mm. I don't like for me. So the dance recital begins. The song is T for Two. It's a bunch of people in flower costumes. That They did a good job with the costumes. And yeah. they start dancing. I love Pierce's commentary throughout <laughs> the, the thing. Well, and there's always somebody at, like, a band concert or choir concerts like that or a performance like, who's just being just loudly sucks. rude. Can you yeah. imagine? I, I feel like whenever – I don't know. I was definitely that person sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, and, I have been. Yeah, and I'm sure we were together at a time, and we're separated. We've seen too many productions of things together to not have been the annoying people who <laughs> were talking shit in the audience. Uh, so they're dancing in a circle, and Britta comes out as a tea kettle <laughs> water pot. <laughs> she's just tapping, and she's watering all of these flowers to help them sprout. I, some of Pierce's comments are great when he's like, T for two, there's five people. <laughs> Everyone's smiling and proud of Britta as she waters these flowers. I love all of Gillian's facial expressions during this. I think it's really funny. She's She delivers some great ones in this episode. The way that Britta just gallops side to side across <laughs> is really funny. Jeff shushes Pierce, tells him to shut up because everyone can hear him. And uh, Pierce's retort is like, uh, shush, shush, uh, shush, 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 is, is Which weird. there were absolutely people that would do that when you'd shush. Now, okay, here's my question to you, Zach. Were you a shusher or were you the shushed? I was the shushed, but I always felt like I had a pretty good grip on only being heard by the people next to me. It That was a skill I had to acquire. I used to be really loud, if you remember. I do remember. And yeah. I... I'm not. I've been told before sometimes when you know, like I'm talking, going on one of my mm-hmm. tangents to someone, and people are like, calm, like quiet down a little bit, like when I'm talking like backstage. Yeah. But I like to think that even if I'm jokingly talking shit about what I'm watching, I'm respectful enough of how productions work that I don't want to interfere with it. 
Yeah, one time I was really disrespectful in a production, and I still feel bad about it to this day. I've heard this story. It's like one of legend. Well, and the story has really grown way out of proportion to what actually happened. Would you like to tell it? I think we've got time to tell a story. I think we actually do today. Um, Okay, so I was in eighth grade English class, and we had a really awesome teacher that would take us on field trips to the theater in Indianapolis to watch like productions of plays that were based on books usually. Um, and it was really cool. And we went to one of my favorite books from when I was younger, uh, The Diary of Anne Frank, and went to a production of it. Which I have assistant directed a production of. Ooh. I did that last year. That's awesome. Yeah, and it, it was really well done. It was really you know emotional. It was really good. But I was an eighth grade boy who thought I was very funny and would often and say things to get other For granted, you were pretty funny. It's not that you weren't a funny dude. Yeah, yeah. I, so here's what happened. We're sitting there. It gets to, like, the, the, the climax of the Diary of Anne Frank, which, spoiler alert, if you don't know, at the end they get caught by Nazis. They get discovered, and that's playing out on the stage. And sometimes I do this thing where when I hear a word that I like, I say that word because I like the way it sounds. And one of the Gestapo comes in and yells, Rouse, which I think means, like, stop or, like, sit down or, like, something yeah. in German. Yeah. Rouse. And he yells it. And I, to myself, sitting in my seat, was like, Rouse. But my voice carried. And I was really, really loud back then. And so then you, it just, like, carried through the theater. And, like, everyone from my class that was in front of me, because I was, like, towards the back row, obviously. And they turn and look and they're like, oh, God. And were looked at me with horrified faces. Everyone around me is pissed. But I, I just continue with the show. I'm like, my bad. And it finishes. We leave. The story turned in to well, that I, okay, like... Okay, before it turns into what the story was, I want to tell you what I've been told. Yeah. Would, but did you get, like, reprimanded afterwards? Was the teacher like, hey, that wasn't cool? Or did um, it kind of The teacher just said, hey, away? that was disrespectful. So I wrote, like, um, an email of apology okay. to the theater... And I, the rules, like, I wasn't going to get a referral, but I wasn't allowed to go to the no referral dance, which I then mm. went to, posed for a picture that was then used to display in the school paper for the no referral dance, which the teacher then saw, and then I had to go to her room for lunch every day. Jeez, Steven. Okay, so I, so we have a small enough circle that I had people. I I wasn't yeah. at the school at the time. I didn't but go we to knew that performance. Enough of the same people. I had people come and tell me this story. I don't remember the reasoning, but just because it became something kind of a legend of people who went to this. Yeah, and I heard the story get as dramatic as like the Germans were like coming on stage for that part of the show, and that Steven was like, "They're in there." Go in the attic. They're so oh my close. God. They're up there. I heard it like as dramatic as that. Or I've heard that you were like yelling like the German words and stuff. My favorite one that I heard was that I stood up and like hailed Hitler and like Oh my God. Him. And I'm like, do you think they wouldn't have like escorted me the <laughs> hell out of there if I did that? Like shit. <laughs> okay. So story time. I think that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so just so everyone knows, I, I, I yeah. Just That's, so everyone knows, Stephen was a was a middle school Nazi, but he's not anymore. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. reformed. He's grown up, and his voice doesn't carry so bad. It does not. I, I've I've grown a lot more calm with my old age. That laugh though is just as just as, as loud. That I have you, not toned down at you all. You can I can hear that from a state away. <laughs> <laughs> we actually don't even. I don't record my own podcast. Zach just turns on his I, mic and I just his yell. Voice just carries all the way to our childhood hometown. <laughs> Okay, so 
Jeff and Slater have a moment where they hold hands. They're having a nice couple moment watching the recital. That's the moment that you said didn't work so well for you as a shipper's moment that could have. Yeah, because I just think that the whole time I was thinking, Jeff doesn't really want to be holding her hand like that. I think he does. You do? Well, he is kind of rubbing his thumb on there. It was just kind of awkward for me. I think this relationship is doomed from the beginning, but I think that Jeff isn't unhappy with it. I just think he's never been one to make these relationship decisions, so he just continued to not. Mm-hmm. I don't think it had anything to do with, with him. I don't know. I What works for me more is Britta's reaction. Yeah. I can totally relate to, just like how we said we'd be staring at our crush from the stage during show choir, then you see like them hold hands or something, mm-hmm. and for a second, your mind's not on what you're doing anymore. Obviously, this episode drags out into huge comedic <laughs> fashion where it's like 30 seconds of her not doing it, you know, the piano person's yelling yeah. at her to do it. The audience is like, what are you doing? It's never like that, but it does kind of feel like that sometimes. It really does. That, like, one instant feels like you're there for 30 seconds seeing it and, like, frozen. It's like time just stops for a second. Mm-hmm. And I think the show could have maybe done a little bit better of this moment if they did allow time to kind of stop for Britta. But no, she just stands there for <laughs> a long time. Even the flower next to her is like, dude, water me. Water me. <laughs> and she's just broken. And the the piano guy keeps vamping, trying to get her to start. And this prompts Troy, who is watching this all happen from the sidelines. He couldn't show his face to support, but he still was too curious not to watch. Yeah. Just as Pierce says, so embarrassing, and Britta keeps being stuck in this tap loop. Troy knows that now is the time. He rips off his jacket, rips off his tearaway jeans, which I love that he had on. <laughs> he knew there was a decent chance he was going to do this. he would have this. to jump on stage. He's like, well, I don't want to get caught. But I'm not going to let it be bad. <laughs> I love the study group's reactions to him doing this. Pierce is like, oh, plot twist. And I love Abed's reaction when they start dancing where he just nods his head and he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, this is everything. And they start dancing. He helps her water the last plant. Mm-hmm. And then now that the star of the show has has, has shown up, <laughs> uh, the, the teacher asks the piano player to play something modern, which is a huge request of a, accompaniment. It sure is. But he makes it happen. Another thing of notice, right here, it's a man playing the piano. Here in a few shots, it'll be a woman playing the piano. And huh. then I believe it goes back to being a man playing the piano. Britta and Troy have a conversation while he's doing this, and Troy says he's here to be a friend and a man. And rips off Britta's tea kettle, to which she says, holy shnikes. And Troy just does his thing, and they kind of improvise. I do like the way they choreographed this quote-unquote improvised dance. I really like the way they filmed it. Donald and Gillian, you know, make faces and play it off in a way that looks like they're kind of struggling to come up with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But still, this is unrealistic to how something like this would actually play out. Yeah. This is when Britta takes off her tea kettle hat and throws it at the now male piano player and hits him right in the head. Britta, I keep saying their characters' names for their real life names. How dare you? Gillian said in the commentary that they did that shot like three or four different times where she tossed the hat and she's not looking. And she said every single time she nailed the people in the face. (laughs) There's a really funny shot of the dance gets. They didn't do too many jokes about how dancing can come off as overtly sexual Mm -hmm. in this episode, but they do these moves where they're like rubbing their hands all over each other's bodies. Yeah. And it cuts to Annie just like really struggling with watching it and Shirley (laughs) being like, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, What do you think of their dance here? Uh, (laughs) Um, It's not exactly what I do. 
But really? I, I everything I, you've you posted or everything I've had the pleasure to watch is, <laughs> looks has been exactly very much like, like that. This. Tea kettle and all. I think the most similar thing to what I do is probably the face rubbing thing. That I felt really at home with the, the like, face loopy, rubbing. The like the loopy like hand things that they did around each other's faces. I guess oh, it was yeah, implied like the, rubbing. Oh, I'm feeling your body from three mm-hmm. inches apart. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's really the best way to connect with your partner. You know, I thought. Know. Culturally, it's unacceptable, but it's theatrical dynamite. That was probably the Pierce line that I laughed the hardest at that wasn't in the opening to the show. Pierce had a good, like, he's not an MVP, but Pierce had a good episode as, like, a stealth MVP where usually Troy gets all the best quips, but mm-hmm. this week Troy's more in the foreground, so Pierce gets all the best quips, and they're pretty Well, funny. a lot of Pierce's missed for me. Or I, we didn't talk about them a whole lot. They didn't necessarily miss. They just weren't. I, I was indifferent to most of them. Give me a quick, for instance. Oh, I wish I could. Um, (laughs) Steven doesn't watch these. Yeah, if I had seen the episode, I probably could. But, you know, some review I read online said that he didn't like Pierce's joke, so I chose to go with that one today. I think most of the stuff from him was funny. I don't think any of it was, like, killer line writing. It's just the way that Chevy delivers them and the ridiculousness of Pierce's character. I liked the the last – this one the best, though. I like the last shot of Troy and Britta's dance where it's overhead and they both have their – hands stretched up above their head and they're looking up towards the sky yeah that was a good pose cool i'm stealing that justin lynn who is an action director and is directed he directs modern warfare one of the most action movie episode of the entire series mm-hmm. and it kind of makes sense that that type of like stunt choreography directing would lend itself well to dance choreography yeah making to capture the action and to change the shots in a fluid way that complements the action. So I think it was well framed and directed. Yeah. So at the end of the dance, everybody's laughing and bravoing. They're all accepting their friends. Um, They're wooing. Even Pierce is like, I got to give it to him. (laughs) I like the Troy (laughs) while he's, instead of like accepting applause from a crowd in the right way, he's like, yeah, Greendale, woof, woof. (laughs) (laughs) Woof, woof. After the show, everybody's leaving. Abed says that, you know, he thought it was really cool and he wished he knew how to tap dance. And <laughs> Britta's like, well, you could sign up for the class. It's really hard work, but you, I think you'd be great at it. <laughs> Abed says, eh, pass, and walks away. <laughs> how many times have you had this happen to you where people oh, are like, so many. oh, you teach dance? I would love to learn dance. I would love to spend all of my time learning how to dance. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, you should come check it out. And they're like, eh. They're like, eh. <laughs> like, I oh, really I, I'd be dance. so cool to know how to dance. Like, oh, I could show you a couple things really easily. And they're like, ah. Dial-up sounds. <laughs> Sorry Britta thanks that. Troy for standing up. And and Troy says, you know, I I felt like you looked so pathetic that helping <laughs> you and going up there became the most masculine option. And I feel like Troy had that conversation with himself before he did this when he was putting his mm-hmm. costume underneath his clothes. He was like, now. What could happen that would be masculine enough for me to get up there and dance? <laughs> and this was one of his scenarios. It was. It really played out just like he had imagined, I'm sure. They hug. I don't think there's any hinting of a relationship or sexual tension from Jeff. Uh, I, I said Jeff wow. and Britta by, by default. Between Troy and Britta in this episode. But the chemistry is really there. And it definitely cracks open a window to let it in just a tiny fraction of an amount. And I think for me as an audience member, it at least gets me thinking, hmm, they're not terrible together. And I think with sitcoms, 
if they're smart enough, they kind of do that. They want to keep their, their options open for these characters. Yeah. So now we're in the hallway, uh, and Pierce has that Troy line where he's like, What you did up there really took guts. I'm impressed. Thanks, Pierce. Yeah. And such a creative way to tell the world you're gay. <laughs> and I love that when Pierce says stuff like this, he doesn't say it in any type of way that's derogatory of gay No. He, he just... has his arm around Troy. He just reads things the wrong way he's and he's telling troy that he like is support yeah he's like i support you and i love that you know that's a neat way to do that (laughs) uh jeff goes up to britta inside the auditorium and britta confronts them about oh so you guys are together now that's a little interesting and jeff has a nice line which might cut a little bit to britta but where he says you know you had a big part in that and if i can handle finally having a serious female friend maybe i can handle having a girlfriend which I think is interesting, and I think it does show growth on Jeff's part. I think it does too, and I think it does maybe cut at Britta just a little bit, but Britta has kind of made this bed that she is in yes. alone. Yeah, but... and I don't think she's unhappy for Jeff in any way. No, I don't either. Uh, Jeff gives her flowers, which is very, very sweet, and Gillian pulls off that moment of, that's such a over and over acted scene where, you know, man gives one flowers, girl goes flowers mm-hmm. and i thought gillian did a good job of like being surprised by them and it being a sweet moment and jeff you know well uh, and i think they pe- did a good job of building up the reason for the surprise too yeah jeff's like oh you know I, even though i'm sure she would have noticed while they were standing there talking to each other yeah. that he had flowers but he's like oh you know i thought it's the right thing to do i was gonna throw them up on stage but i thought they might catch fire <laughs> and it's cute and sweet and it keeps their window cracked open just a tiny bit as well yeah agreed the little last blurb before the end tag uh, a really jaunty catchy song that i'll probably play at the end of this episode starts playing as we see abed showcasing some skills on the dance floor now that everybody's gone abed's tearing it up abed might be the type of person that has a fantasy about performing on a stage in front of people but mm-hmm. with no real interest in actually doing that yeah so he kind of gets a moment where you know his snoopy comes out and he's got the room to himself, and he makes it his sandbox for a second. And it's a really sweet moment to end the episode on. Uh, all of this is a sweet moment to end the episode on. I feel really good about this as a whole. Yeah, and I like that Abed ending moment because it's such a moment that what other show than Community would just have one of the main characters just go and do a little dance number, just because, at the end, you know? Yeah, it's clear that they were just like, oh, Abed would have fun with this. Let's let him do something. Mm-hmm. And it, it works very well. That's the end of the episode. Now we've got the end tag. Not a lot to say. Troy and Abed are doing a crossword while Jeff's in the background. It One by one, all of the clues are names of people from the study group. And the last one that they do, it's like blank bridges, what actor fills in the blank. It's clearly Jeff because they're going through all of the study group members. But Jeff in the episode is like, come on, guys. Can't you see the pattern there? Can you see it? It's Bo. Bo Bridges. These are all things you can see on TV. And that's pretty much it. I think it would have been funny if they just kept doing the thing through all the study group names. They I were think trying so to do too. a misdirect and it didn't really work for me. I would have liked that better. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a lot to say about this. Do you have anything to say about this, friend? Nope. It, there wasn't anything wrong with it. It made me chuckle. It was fine. It would be fine for any other show. It's just not on par with the best of the best. And, and we expect Probably nothing but the best. Probably my favorite end tag so far. I think so. And a couple of my least favorite have been recent. I think they might have to be... My favorite least favorite one is, Hey, Abed, can you get me a glass of water? Because yeah. there's not a whole lot of jokes to it. 
Um, last week's audition for the Cool Study group mm-hmm, wasn't exactly a favorite, that. but and this week is probably under those. This is probably my least favorite NTAG so far. Not that I there's agree. anything outwardly wrong with it. Um, yeah, I just would have gone a different direction. When we write our version of Community that we refilm with the cast, um, we'll we'll fix which it. Which is happening. They're all on board. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that's our episode. I thought it was a solid one. Yeah, what I do think you think in MVP wise for this one? Troy. Troy. <laughs> it's Troy. Okay. I think Troy is really funny. Like I said earlier, is basically my reasoning. I think when in the past they've had Troy episodes that are more about what happens because of Troy and less like Troy as a person and a character and what he's thinking and how he's feeling. And Donald Glover has brought so much energy and life and humor to the character of Troy that it really shines in this episode. And the the depth and the plot that they give him, he he does it all with ease and he mm-hmm. kills it. And yeah. that's me. What about you? Okay, so I went back and forth quite a bit yeah. um, between Troy and Britta. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that Britta, this whole episode, I give her a lot of props for coming out right away and saying that she was doing the tap. Or not right away, but, you know, like when, when they planned to say, hey, come to the recital, she did that. And even when Troy didn't, she stuck by his side and was gonna, you know, and gonna perform it anyway. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I'm gonna give the slight edge to Troy, and what pushed it over the edge for me was the fact that he did wear the dance outfit under his clothes to the recital. So he was, you know, he was he knew that when it came time, he would step up and hop on the stage. And I think for me, that gets him, you know, the MVP. I don't love that he, you know didn't stick by Britta the whole time, but I understand why. Yeah, exactly. He did some things that were my favorite in this episode, but they all felt very true to Troy. Mm-hmm. And a character can do unlikable things. And exactly. Well. And Troy yeah. grew a lot this episode, which I love to see. Yeah. Good episode. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Thanks, guys, for watching. Thank you for uh, for sending your messages. Um, yeah, get ready for next week. I don't know without looking what next week's episode is. but I can't remember what it some- is trivia questions send us in some messages candace point podcast at gmail.com find us all the socials facebook instagram candace point podcast twitter you candace pod we're all over the place and we're always excited and down to chat with people uh thanks for listening to the show thanks for making it a part of your week i'm looking forward to see how these mvps are going to stack up at the end of the season we're going to do a end of season mvp thing and see who has the most points yeah i'm excited to go back through well spread I think mine is too. I if I just Troy's, had to guess, a lot of Jeffs, a lot of Shirley's, uh, <laughs> even like yeah. Yeah, I think for me it's probably gonna be close between Abed and Troy. For me, we've got some big things planned, so keep tuning in, keep sharing us, reviewing us would be great. Uh, I'm thinking about we might be doing some type of like roundtable thing at the end of season one. Talk to some of our community podcaster friends about season one as a whole, which I think will be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited and for that. We're having some conversations about here in a few weeks for one of the big towards the end of season one episodes, having our first guest host on. Yeah, which would also be really exciting. So stay tuned. We're off to the races you know 14 in we're we're really doing this and i i'm having fun yeah buddy there are definitely worse things that i could do um, and i'm sure there's at least one worse person to do it with so cheers to that all right thanks for listening everyone from inside the dreamatorium this is zach and i'm steven and we will see you next week don't yell things in the plays. How about you you cut us out with that that word that you yelled? Let's let's hear it in real life. Mm-hmm.
Gross! Alright, guys, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Dancing at discos, eating cheese on toast. Yeah, you made me merry, made me very, very happy. But you obviously, you didn't want to stick around. So I learned from you. Do, 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 do,